Mic check. 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 You're listening to Mic Check, a podcast from the Third Way Fund featuring conversations with young women, intersex, queer, and trans folks of color. Third Wave has funded youth-led activism and organizing across the United States for over 20 years. And we want to know, what's it like to be on the front lines of the fight for gender justice? What about the back lines, the folks who are behind the scenes? And how can listeners and funders best support grassroots movements? We're your hosts, Monica Trinidad and Tara Tabassi. Uh, hello, listeners. We're bringing you episode four of Mike Check Podcast, a podcast housed by the Third Wave Fund. And today we're discussing all things healing justice. We're not just talking about self-care, but how rest and collective care and community care are actually forms of resistance. As the legendary Kara Page of Kindred Southern Healing Justice Collective has said, our movements themselves have to be healing or there is no point to them. Mm, I love that. Um, We're also like in a time where we're seeing a trend in funding healing justice work in philanthropy. But despite this trend, we're often not seeing the institutions themselves changing funding practices that are super harmful or like reinforcing really fucked up power dynamics. Um, So we're really excited to be here today to talk through all of these different dynamics and just how healing justice has been around for centuries. Right. And we're going to get into that with the wonderful uh, Kifu Farouk of Icarus Project. Uh, Icarus Project is a Own Our Power Fund grantee at Third Wave Fund. And we're super excited to be here with you today, Kifu. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, To get us started, who are you and what do you do? So I am a Black queer woman who has lived in the South for almost 30 years. So that certainly makes me Southern. I am a third generation herbalist. And I am a mother and a grandmother and a trickster. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, I would say that I am a holder of medicine. I think I'm an herbalist situated within the uh, larger context of our our social justice movements. I am someone who comes to convenings to sit with folks and just let them talk about what's going on in their lives, talk about what it means to be a revolutionary, what it means to be someone who's doing prison abolition work, someone who's fighting on the front lines of immigration here in the U.S. within a U.S. context, what it means to be a poor person, uh, what it means to be queer. And I also have the pleasure of being the development and partnerships director at the Icarus Project. And Kifu, can you, um, for our listeners, can you just share a little bit about what is the Icarus Project? So the Icarus Project is a support network and education project by and for people who experience the world in ways that are often diagnosed as mental illness. So what that allows us to do is center mental health and wellness within the context of a healing justice lens. So we do that with workshops, we do that with webinars, and then we also offer uh, rapid response, rapid response in the areas where we are all located. Uh, So we're a collective of women. We are all women of color. We identify as queer and disabled and folks who have a lived experience of living with mental illness. And then we also have 
this cadre of facilitators all over the U.S. And so what brought you into this work specifically with the Icarus Project? I was uh, doing work with Southerners on New Ground. We were um, in the midst of uh, Mama's bailout in Durham. And I was sitting at a table with the former director of development and partnership and said, Kifu, I am transitioning out. We're going to move away from having white folks in leadership. And so we're looking for a person of color to uh, do this work. Do you know anybody who does development work? And I said, yes, I do. So we talked about what it would mean to be uh, a black woman in, in this organization. And I let them know that I love the work that Icarus does in the world, focusing on oppression uh, within the context of mental health. And that I was really excited about being able to talk with folks around what herbal support looked like in managing mental wellness. So that's what brought me. To be in the center question of today's episode, what does healing justice look like and feel like to you for your people and your communities? For me, it is the glue that binds our resistance work. It's the point of it all, right? So if we are striving for a queer liberation, if we are striving for abolition in our lifetime, if we are striving for land sovereignty uh, for our peoples, for access to healthy food, like all of that, this is what it looks like to be like under colonialism and imperialism. Like this is, this is like because of capitalism, like our bodies are impacted in these ways. And so we can resist and we should resist, but healing justice means to me is like, but why? It's the why. It's the put the medicine back in. I I always say that healing justice to me is putting back together the warrior and the warrior healer. I really appreciate what you were saying around how healing justice is the glue that binds our resistance. I thought that was so beautiful and so accurate. You know, I think when we think of ancestral healing and, and putting medicine back into our into our bodies and into our communities, I think oftentimes it's undervalued or underappreciated or not seen as a valuable, it's sort of seen as this accessory or this like add-on, not an essential piece of, of us and our needs. And so I really, I really appreciate what you and then that quote from Kara Page earlier of just like how like it's so, it's vital, it's necessary to our work. Because I know a lot of us have so much trauma and a lot of us know that a lot of that trauma is from capitalism and heteropatriarchy and from imperialism and colonialism and how critical and important it is for our communities to to offer this sort of resource and access outside of the system. It's how we will fully liberate ourselves, right? And fully liberate our communities. So how would you, you know, you or and Icarus Project, how do you all resource health and healing outside of outside of the system? That is such a perfect question. Thank you so much for asking. So I know that how Icarus is doing this, again, situated within the context of Kindred Collective out of the South and also healing by choice, right? There's there's lots of folks who are doing this work. And so we imagine ourselves standing shoulder to shoulder with those folks because what we're doing is thinking of healing justice as cultural organizing. And so what we're trying to do is, yeah, decolonizing what you, what we talked about. So decolonizing our, our mental health system. We know that, so we're educating ourselves and really identifying the impact of oppression, right? On ourselves, on our relationships, the ancestral anxiety and, de- and depression that we're carrying via epigenetics. So naming, I think, exactly where it comes from is, is super key. Then the next question is, so what do we do about it? 
And so again, we uh, are saying we're going to recover ancestral memory, right? And our medicine is we're trying to tap into uh, what Icarus Project calls protective factors. So one of those protective factors is having a strong cultural identity. The other one is a social support. So we're Icarus is really trying to help reduce isolation because what we understand is that trauma happens in relationships. And so healing has to happen in relationships as well. Uh, we know another protective factor is nurturing close relationships. We're really trying to push this true narrative, right, which is what our ancestors did, is that our medicine is situated within the context of our communities, that it's already here, which brings us a lot of hope. And then I think another protective mechanism is having safe access to housing and food and health care, whatever that means for folks. There's so much knowledge and wisdom in what you just laid out with those protective factors. I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> just like sit back. I'm like, wow. Um, and also, I just really appreciate you giving the framework of this is cultural work because like literally healing justice and like our cultural practices and kitchen medicine, like that's, that is literally how we have survived and how we are going to survive and thrive. And so I just, I really appreciate you like, that that's the universe we're working in right now. And so, you know, I hate to do this, like to like take us on this pivot, but the reality like of what we're living in in this country with the current administration, I have a question around that. The pace of organizing under the Trump administration has required so much from already overworked and exhausted migrant communities, Muslim and black communities, trans communities, women, folks with disabilities, and poor folks. And so my question to you is, what thoughts do you have on resistance for the long haul? My response is based on the fact that I've had an opportunity to live long. So what I know is what my mother has taught me and, and her mother and all of our mothers before that is that resistance and revolution is a long game, what the, what the older folks call a long shoe game. So there's a pacing. And I say that within fully understanding that the, what it feels like now is pants on fire. So you can lean into pants on fire or you could not. And so, and I think this is, uh, this is a perfect conversation within the context of mental health. Because, so on my way over here, I'm listening to something on MSNBC. Joy is the, the uh, anchor person. And she was uh, pulling together a panel to talk about the legality of what Trump was doing. And I was like, oh yeah, because, and, and I was experiencing this thing in what I call my stomach mind, right? Like my gut my stomach mind is is alerting me to the effect to the fact that there's an expectation that we buy into like an alternative reality and this alternative reality if you suspend belief and go into it i feel like will take you into places that are super triggering for me i try very hard to be in my body to try not to dissociate and to and to try to make sense of what is real and what's not real. And I feel like this current administration, right, is just like, of course it's, you know, lies on top of lies on top of lies, which have a real impact on our safety in our communities. But it's not, it's not true. It's not real. The advice that I give folks is we know what's true. Something is always popping off. So yes, there is urgency and, 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 and heightened anxiety and real fear, 
However, I don't know if I could pinpoint a time in my lifetime when that wasn't already the case. I feel like keeping our, um, what Mary Hooks says a lot is keeping our shoulder to the plow, right? We have, we have work to do. Our trauma might be being triggered <laughs> by Trump, but it's not the origin of it. And I also think that it's creating openings, right? Like this, this, the particular sort of fissure and breakdown um, of our political system, it has always been happening. It's just out in the forefront right now. I also tell people to get off of social media. I remember a time when that was, that was an anxiety I didn't have to worry about. So I was like, you know, take a tip from, from OG, like get off the gram, get off of Facebook. <laughs> You'll feel better. I think what our, what, what my great grandmother knew was it's one day at a time, like one week at a time. And also to focus on the health of the community, the health of the family, right? That is a resistance. So to be on the offense as opposed to be on the defense, that's what I think. Yeah. And just like you're saying, the shit has been happening for many lifetimes, right? So what's happening right now that is making healing justice popular or like such a trendy sort of thing right now, right? Like, and I think it's maybe what you said earlier, it's that, you know, people are just so freaking tired and burnt out that they're like, oh, wait, you're right. Like, let's, let's try this thing, right? Like, let's figure, <laughs> let's figure out how to like actually focus on care, right? But yeah, we're seeing this huge trend of funding healing justice and philanthropy right now. So I think it's a number of things. I think that this is something that has been disproportionately held always. This emotional, this work has been held by female-bodied folk, trans folk, queer folk. We've been doing this in our families. We've been doing this in our community. So I feel like something has shifted. It is the dawn of Aquarius. It could be that. So there's a universal shift, right? And a lifting up. Uh, um, a And I apologize for the woo, but I am an herbalist. So... <laughs> I got to bring in the wool again. So there's some, there's a spiritual shift that's happening. So that's, so there's, yeah. So I want to say that's happening is that like, what do you, what do you do in the face that I just named of just lies on top of lies? The truth is really the antidote to that. So I feel like that's one of the reasons it's just popping off everywhere. So it's beautiful. Honestly, if folks are talking about it and also wanting to fund it, I try to be very careful and, and very clear because there's always, the, there's going to be within this particular paradigm that we live in in the U.S., this like, okay, so this is the new next thing. We've had some convenings. Uh, the healers are telling us this is what we need to do. And if we can do this thing, I guess we'll all be healed. We try and have this podcast be an opportunity to give very direct messages to philanthropy, right? From grassroots organizing, um, and so I guess if there was one message that you had for philanthropy around uh, funding community care, disability justice, and rest as strategic resistance, what would that one message be? What I'd love to say um, to funders who are funding healing justice, when we talked about healing justice before, we said the healing justice is the why and why we are doing any of our works with, you know, S with the parentheses around both sides. And I feel like those who choose to fund it, uh, that can be the how. And so what I mean by that is the oppression and the trauma that we're talking about, it's going to take a long time to unearth it and to 
uh, transform it into out of what it is now into compost, right? And make it into a, a, a new thing to turn it into something that we can actually grow out of. And so that's going to take time. So I would encourage funders to invest in multi-year uh, granting with uh, organizations that are doing healing justice work. I also um, want to make clear that there is not one way to do this work. Healing justice is cultural organizing, which is about place, which is about, right, your particular cultural identity. And so I would ask the funders to trust that folks know what their communities need. And then lastly, I would say it's an invitation for funders to glean from folks who they are supporting over the long haul. So this is about, again, about being in deep relationship with one another. So those are the things that I would tell funders. So just as healing is cultural work, so is art and visioning, right? And envisioning a new world that we are trying to achieve. Um, so in the spirit of that, um, if we were already all up in our healing, justice was here, our communities were well and abundant, um, if we won, what would the world look and feel like? And what's your wish for organizing and organizers to get us there? <laughs> no, no pressure. You know, no. <laughs> no, no, just a small question. Oh, yeah. I, I have the Hold on a second while I pull the answer. <laughs> pull out the book of answers. <laughs> Multiple answers. Right. This is like the sci-fi moment. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that certainly... What has helped me lean into the future is a practice of Afrofuturism. Like, and uh, and sci-fi definitely gives us that opportunity to imagine like what it would look like. I imagine that we all have access to really good and uh, nutritive food, and that uh, folks have shelter. I know that we will not have to exchange work for food and work for sleep and work for the things that we need that we that we need to survive that we won't have prisons that we will be uh, self-governing that there will be a place for like the differences that we all have amongst us will be celebrated that scarcity isn't at the center of so much of what our people are dealing with now that herbs will be flowing in the streets and reiki is readily available and that, that we'll be dancing and that we'll be singing, that there's enough. The truth is that there is actually enough. And yeah, be clear about what it is you want, I think. Know that, uh, be sure. And, and then you, you're going to have to, to be the thing uh, in order for us to push the rest of this away. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I just, I'm like, hey, well. <laughs> Thank you. That's real though. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for I just appreciate you giving of your vision there because um, I think that is like that is the light that shines the, the way forward you know I also I want to thank you so we want to thank you so much for giving of your time and your spirit to come onto this podcast today and I guess just like we're you know coming to a close here all together and so do you have any last thoughts on healing justice as we're closing out and also as a fellow plant lover, if you were a plant or herb, uh, what would you be, Kifu? Last words around healing justice. Find out what it means, right? <laughs> if, you, if you can hear this podcast, find out what it means and, uh, and infuse it into your movement work. If you can fund it, fund it. And if I were a plant, 
on my back, I have, um, and down my right, left arm, I have a tattoo of Spanish lavender. And so I would definitely say that lavender is my plant familiar. She is the plant that's always got my back or at my back. I think lavender gets this rap for being this aromatic, sweet thing, makes you go to sleep, and uh, which is no small thing. Sleep is important. However, uh, lavender is also an analgesic, so it's a pain reducer. It is intensely my, uh, antimicrobial, and also uh, the oils in uh, the lavender uh, act as a, a good way to uh, to move your bowels. I feel like <laughs> I feel like again, if I'm imagining a world, it's a world where uh, uh, we're all regular, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's important to our movements. <laughs> All of our movements, right? So uh, it's also gaily purple. So I love I love lavender in that way. And also the Spanish the Spanish lavender has a the flower is very uh, orchid and uh, vulvular looking. So it's a very queer, lesbianic kind of plant. Oh my god! You know it's a good podcast when you start talking about poop. Like a good luck sign, <laughs> right? It's not a full conversation without without, without talking guy. about the poop. That's right. One of the things that I started bringing into convening spaces. Hopefully, folks who hear this podcast will have tasted some of my revolutionary my revolutionary tea. And so, the revolutionary tea has lavender, chamomile, skullcap, stinging nettles, uh, echinacea, marshmallow root, and all the things that you would need to speak and go deep in your work and be vulnerable and also have lots of energy and not lean so heavily on sodas and coffee. That's beautiful. All right. Okay. 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 Monica, it's your turn. <laughs> if you were a plant. Okay. If I was a plant or a or herb, I say herb. Is there a difference? Oh, yeah, sorry. No, it's no a- it might just be my okay. European. Um, <laughs> so I originally was time. Um, but I think today I'm feeling the eucalyptus. Mm-hmm. I think eucalyptus is super trustworthy and I can always depend on it when I need to like clear my nostrils and like decongest and like just have it in the shower with me. And I know that it'll help me just like clear and cut through the air. So it's super dependable. I would say that I'm dependable and trustworthy too. <laughs> you can you can count on me to clear your nostrils. Um, <laughs> okay, what about you, Tara? What about who would you be? You know, not to be like such a stereotypical Iranian, but I really am feeling rose right now. You know, because rose, I mean, got like what more of like a goddess smell is there? And I think, you know, Rose is there for you on the self-love days, like when you just really need like some heart, like your heart, some heart healing um, and is there for the sad days, is there for the sexy days. And I think, you know, it, it's I like to just put it in every possible way on top of oh, inside and on top of my body mm-hmm. <laughs> and swim in the healings of Rose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, shout out to Rose today. That's beautiful. Yes. It has been a beautiful time together. <laughs> yes. Thank you so, so much, Kifu. Uh, it was an honor to be in conversation with you. And I look forward to everybody hearing your wisdom and thoughts on healing justice and the work of the powerful and critical work of the Icarus Project. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited that folks are like, 
turned up for healing justice. <laughs> and yeah, I'm honored to be able to contribute to that conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Third Wave Fund is a feminist activist fund led by and for young women of color, intersex, queer, and trans folks of color, and low-income youth under 35 years old. We work towards a vision of philanthropic justice in which those who have the least economic and political power have the most access to philanthropy. Thanks so much to Kifu Farouk at the Icarus Project, our producer Ari Mejia, DJ Tika Masala, Anna Connor, Kiyomi Fujikawa, Nicole Miles, Joy Messenger, Mai Duan, Maurice Mitchell Brody, and many more for making this podcast episode happen. Stay tuned for our next episode and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Follow Third Wave Fund on Twitter at Third Wave, on Instagram at Third Wave Fund, and on Facebook. You can follow Icarus Project at theicarusproject.net, on Twitter at Mad Gifts, and on Facebook and Instagram at The Icarus Project. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter on our website at thirdwayfund.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>